Hello, I'm Neil Quigley and welcome to the latest episode of my podcast. This week, find out the member of which profession I ended up playing blackjack with in Las Vegas. Also, what annoys me at the moment about public transport. Plus, hear an interview I did with the fantastic Hannah Waterman a few years ago when she was on tour in a play in Yeovil while I was working at a radio station at the time. That's all on the way in this week's podcast. Thanks for listening. Enjoy. I'm fairly tidy. You know, I like to keep things clean and tidy. But I do like to drink lots of cups of tea. So I normally have a teacup on the go. Have you ever lived with someone who's super clean? Basically, almost to OCD level, where the slightest bit of mess or something that's not symmetrical causes them to almost have a meltdown. My mate who I lived with when I moved out of home, I moved into his house. He is just so, so bad at that. Me, happy to leave a teacup around all day because I'll keep using it. I'll keep drinking stuff out of it. He... Anything that's not being used that second that's been used for food or drink needs to be put away, needs to be washed up, needs to be put in the dishwasher. So I would have a cup of tea and I'd probably put my cup up in the kitchen and think, oh, well, I'll go back to that in about another half an hour, get myself another cup of tea. By the time I came back, in the dishwasher every single time. And I did talk to him about it. I said, look, I'll keep using the cup all day, but I promise I'll wash it up at the end of the day. I'll clear it up eventually. And he was like, don't even know I'm doing it. It's not, it's not even like conscious. He just sees it and was just putting it straight away in the dishwasher, which was ultimately very annoying. I mean, we're still good friends, but we don't live together anymore. Neil Quigley. You know, I often think that I'm not really that pretentious i haven't really got that much of a big ego i'm quite laid back and then i was just thinking back to previous birthdays and also i was going through the lot and just looking at some old items it turns out that maybe my ego has been bigger than i realized for many years more years than i care to mention because what i found and i've completely forgotten about this i found some very nice photos of me in the loft when I was clearing things out. Proper photos taken by a proper photographer in a proper studio. And then I remembered why and how I'd got my hands on them. Is this the sign of someone who, at a fairly early age, you could argue, seemingly has quite a big ego? Or do you think it would just be a nice thing to have, a nice thing to keep, a way of marking a moment in time? For my 25th birthday, I asked for... This is the present I asked for from my parents. I asked for a professional photo shoot to get some professional photos done of me. Some nice portraits of me, which I then proceeded to basically give to everyone, whether they wanted them or not. And it was all very nice, actually. I actually went to the photographer's home. It was a husband and wife who did it in the town where I lived. And I took two outfits oh yeah i was gonna get my money's worth i wanted a smart look so i took like a suit shirt and tie and some jeans and a t-shirt i wanted a smart photo of me and a nice casual photo and they did a great job they did very well i was very happy with the end results and i think certainly they used to have them if they still have i've not checked recently but my parents still had at least one of those photos from that photo shoot hanging up in their lounge but it does make you think yeah maybe i did have a bit of a big ego at 25 without necessarily realizing it i mean who asked for at that age a photo shoot of themselves that photo did come back to haunt me slightly once about 10 years after i had it done my mum was in the local library and there was a photo exhibition on and i don't know why maybe he thought it captured me in a brilliant light or i'm just an exceptionally good model i don't know but either way the guy who took 
that photo had actually entered it into a photo competition in the local library. So my mum was just walking along. I think she was taking a book back and saw this photo exhibition, thought I'll just have a quick look. And staring back at her was one of the photos of me from my 25th birthday photo shoot. I never found out if he won the competition. I fear he didn't, but I am hoping he did because it'd be a nice thing for him to achieve and it would make me feel quite good as well to think that I actually won a photo competition. It would be the only time I'm really not that photogenic, unfortunately. Neil Quigley. I have been doing a lot of train travel recently, heading into London and back for various projects and various things. Now, I think this might be just because I'm getting older because things like this in the past would not have bothered me at all, would not have cared less. But now I find myself on some train journeys getting a bit passive-aggressive when things happen. I'm now starting to think maybe the quiet zone was not the best invention in the world. A lot of the times I've been travelling, I've been travelling by myself. Therefore, it's just me. I'm not going to talk to anyone. I just want to sit and get to my destination. So I've generally been going and sitting in the quiet zone. Just to sit there, pass the time, look out the window, be nice and quiet, get to my destination. What I have found since I've been doing this a lot, and it's nobody's fault really because the trains are very busy, but a lot of people who come into the quiet zone, they come in in twos and threes, they come in with their kids, and generally they're not quiet. It's not quiet, they're very noisy, they're chatting, they're oblivious to the fact that it's supposed to be a quiet zone but the trains are busy so you can't really say anything you know I wouldn't want to make someone stand up just because they were being noisy in the quiet zone but it does get a little bit annoying sometimes I kind of think well is it worth having the quiet zone I'll be honest it does make me slightly angry sometimes when there are seats available and people come into the quiet zone and make noise when I'm there by myself having said that I would never be brave enough to actually stand up and say do you know what this is the quiet zone can you be quiet, please? Because, well, I just wouldn't do that. doesn't seem right. I mean, occasionally I might discreetly or fairly obviously just sort of stare up at the window and look at the sign for a bit. Or the other thing I do, and I hate myself for doing this, is I'll go on Twitter or Facebook and just put a really passive, aggressive message, something along the lines of, do quiet zones ever really exist? Do people ever observe the quiet zones on trains? Or I give specific examples of this happening. Do you also have a similar problem as yourself? Do you do, do you do that too? It does annoy me. I reckon, do you know what? I would be happier if they just did away with the quiet zones. And actually, that would make my train travel journeys happier. Because if you're not supposed to be quiet, I wouldn't get upset with people who are not being quiet. Neil Quigley. When I was working at a radio station down in Somerset, I had a visit from the lovely Hannah Waterman, who was touring in a play in Yeovil at that time. And here's what happened when I met her. Good morning, Hannah Waterman. Good morning. How are you? I'm very well, thank you. Now, we'll come on to talk about the reason you are here and in Yeovil in just a sec, but I think we should talk a bit about your vast TV career, and I suppose it's <laughs> a good place to start. A good, you were in a very popular soap for four years, that's vast TV. Four career. and a half years, I think. Four Three, and a half. Four hundred and something episodes I did on that show. You were at EastEnders, as we're aware. I uh, was. Playing Laura. Yes, how was that? What was it like working day-to-day on EastEnders in a soap? It's, it, it's, it's a great way to learn your job. It's very difficult for young actors to kind of get work where they get a lot of practice doing it. So it's, soap really is the one way that you can kind of do that. So it's, it's, a, great, it's a great learning curve. It's, it's like a, great... a factory, the way they obviously... It is like a factory, soap. but, you know, 
no one else is going to ever work you that hard or that quickly or, you know, so it keeps you on your toes. What sort of hours are you working at EastEnders? You do sort of 12 hour days and, and sometimes six days a week. So, yeah, it's, it's, it's like a, a proper job, <laughs> which is very unusual for actors. It's, it's probably, I mean, nobody would believe it. And it, well, in many ways it isn't, but you come sometimes sort of working longer hours for the proper job. Then you're still, what I can't believe is you're still, and obviously I guess it's on days off when you see, you know, all these soap stars uh, out enjoying themselves. And I think, how have they got time to do that? I'm tired enough as it is just doing my job and I don't work the long hours. Well, they don't actually go out themselves. They clone themselves and send out doubles. It's publicity. They have body doubles. That makes sense. I yeah. need to do that, I think, actually. So obviously EastEnders, you've been in <laughs> many other things as well as uh, since EastEnders. You seem to like a thing for sort of a hospital at the moment, but in Doctors and Holby City fairly recently. Well, that's like manna from heaven for, for jobbing actors. You always have to do Holby. In fact, you're not a real actor until you've done the bill. Oh, I was about to, that was, uh, when you Well, I've done the bill that. twice as well. So I did it at the start of my career. Then I left EastEnders and did... A few I did about six weeks on the bill last year, which was great actually, and I loved it. Well, fun to work with the bill guys. Yeah, well, it's great because in, in makeup in the morning it's just full of men in uniform, so it's really quite good fun. Yeah, I was seeing a bit of a theme actually with hospital and police uni- uni- uniform sneaking into that quite nice. White coats and indeed yes, badges. I can't have you here without asking about this man. I'm afraid. How's your dad doing? Oh, my dad's very well. I've just filmed another episode of New Tricks with him, and then we're going to film another episode after that. So we've been working together again, which has been great fun. That's quite good. And obviously, I saw the new tricks you were in last time and the role you actually play as daughter. I do play as daughter, but I'm also a DI. So for once, I have a profession, which is always quite exciting for me because normally I'm a single mother that's sort of unemployed with babies on hips and things like that. So it's nice for me to be playing a part where I've got a job. I get to make arrests and things in multi-story car parts and stuff like that. See, that is pretty cool. And Mm. what's, I mean, I imagine the cast uh, to work with on new tricks is just brilliant. I imagine there's a lot of fun had. It's amazing. I mean, to have... You know, four actors of that kind of calibre. We've got Amanda Redman, Alan Armstrong, James Bolam. And James Bolam I worked with right at the start of my career when I was 21. Yes, I played an inappropriate young adult and I propositioned him in a cafe. Good Lord. There you go. I'm, I'd imagine he still remembers. He does, actually, yes. <laughs> Probably fondly. I, I, don't, I don't really know. So as well as the TV career you have, you're a big fan of stage shows. You like performing on the, the stage as well. Has that always been a part of your acting? Or? Well, I started off in the National Youth Theatre when I was 16, so theatre has been my background. And, and, and it is for most actors, to be honest. Most actors start with theatre and then fall into kind of television. It's a great kind of reality check, keeps you on your toes, and a little bit of fear goes along long way in this so it's good yeah yeah I, I would imagine that probably helps with some performances and, and you get the instant reaction in the theatre as well that you obviously you don't get from tv yeah and you get to meet people afterwards you know people give you feedback which is lovely i mean it's not you know with telly you don't really get to meet your audience as such so it's great yeah, yeah. before we do talk about the play there's just one more thing i want to mention because i'm a huge wet 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 fan yes and you got to sing with marty pello on the two of us what was that like i did i got to work with marty pello for a month and it was absolutely fantastic of course. Yeah, I had a wonderful, wonderful time with a very, very kind and generous man and uh, enjoyed myself thoroughly. Did you, uh, did he, you know, did he, I'm not that you necessarily needed it, but did you think your singing benefited from performing Marty? Did I help certainly did need it and Marty helped me enormously. Yeah, no, it was great. It was a great experience and it's something that has been good fun for me and, and, and I really enjoyed doing. Now, you're in Yeovil until um, Saturday starring in Strangers on a Train. Just tell us a bit about the play, oh, if you will. Oh, yes, I will. Give us a taster. Well, it's a little bit of a dark thriller. So um, it's uh, basically two men meet on a train and one of the characters suggests that they could commit the perfect murder. 
because they've never met before and he suggested he could kill one person and the other person could kill another person and no one would ever find out basically and as the play continues it all starts to unravel so in true thriller sense and thriller style hopefully people aren't quite sure what's going to happen next the audience isn't quite certain and and you know they get a lot of surprises so hopefully should be on the edges of their seats really in 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 places and um it's a very interesting and very dark play but also unusually i've never done a thriller before the audience seems to find parts of it quite funny which I think is partly out of nervousness, in fact. So um, the other actors that I'm working with who have done thrillers before say it's quite common for an audience to sort of be giggling nervously in places. So, Which do you prefer? Uh, maybe doing a slightly more comical play, or do you, like, do you think you like the thriller stuff? I, uh, to be honest, in recent years, all the theatre that I've done has been comedy, so it's really nice for me to do drama. And the character that I play is... It, it, you have an opinion of her. You think she's kind of fluffy and a bit sort of scatty and everything else and a very girly girl. And this is 1950s America as well, so it's very kind of stayed and buttoned up. And she becomes this unbelievable kind of sort of femme fatale almost. She's sort of really got some backbone by the end of the play and, and she kind of she finishes the play. And it's, it's, it's interesting to see the character kind of progress. Talking of which, you mentioned in that 1950s America, which I suggest means you uh, have to put on a bit of an American accent. I certainly do, yes. Uh, any chance? Is it too early for a quick taste of your American <laughs> accent? You can say no, I won't be offended. Oh, honey, stop it. <laughs> that, that'll do. Thank you. That's brilliant. <laughs> Hannah Waterman, thank you for joining us today. Thank you very much. Yeah, come and see the play. Do you, are you going to come, Neil? Uh, I'm going to come. I'll come I'm and see I'm going to make it. him now. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to have to. I will come along and see it. Thanks for joining us. All the best. Thank you. For the record, I did go along and see the play and it was fantastic. I'm not sure if I was flirting with her or if she was flirting with me. She was married at the time to Ricky Groves, but apparently the night before she came in to see me, during the play, he was in the front row and he fell asleep during her performance. How bad is that? That may go some way to explaining why they are no longer still together. I love meeting her though. She was great fun and she's a fantastic actress too. Neil Quigley. Around 10 years ago now, I visited Las Vegas with a mate of mine and had a fantastic time. It's a brilliant place. I just loved it. So much to see, so much to do. You can just go and explore all the hotels, which are like big resorts all on their own. There's lots of great shows to see. There's lots of interesting people. It really is just a good, fun place with lots of different and very varied things to do. I mean, I went shopping for the day at a really nice shopping outlet. I spent a day by the pool and pretty much did everything in between you can imagine. It's great. And I did say you do meet some interested and unusual people. Well, one morning, me and a mate of mine, we took a walk up to a hotel called the Stratosphere. All the hotels have got great and different names and have kind of different features, different traits. The Stratosphere used to be the highest hotel in Las Vegas and it's got a lift that goes right up to a viewing tower. It looks a bit like a spacecraft pod, if you're not familiar with it, I suppose is how I'd describe it. It's very, very high. Uh, they actually have rides off the top of it. You can go to a viewing platform and look out or you can actually take this kind of little sort of roller coaster swing ride off the top. I did not do that. I'm not great with heights. There was no way I was doing that, but lots of people were. I was actually quite impressed. I got myself right to the top and went to the viewing tower and had a look out. That was about as much as I could take. Anyway, after we'd done that, 
We headed back down the lift and, of course, it's a hotel in Las Vegas, the Stratosphere Hotel, so therefore it has a couple of casinos in it. That is very much how it works. So we're in Las Vegas. Me and the mate I am with, we do both like a little bit of gambling, partial to a bit of blackjack. It was about one o'clock in the afternoon by this point and the tables weren't busy, so we just thought, oh, do you know what, we've walked quite a long way. We've been up the viewing tower. Let's have a bit of a break, a bit of fun, a bit of relaxation. Let's play a bit of blackjack. So we just started playing bit of blackjack it was just me and a mate initially on the table with the dealer and we're not playing massive hands we're probably playing five ten dollars a hand then this man that walks over and basically asks if he can join us and of course you can it's a free country you know you come in yeah no problem not at all so he sits down to join us and gets involved in the next round now he initially puts down about three hundred dollars to buy three hundred dollars worth of chips and he's gambling a lot more than we are every single hand and we're doing okay well i'm not doing so well but my mate is winning the odd bit enough to keep us interested enough to keep us going this guy he's putting the money in he's not winning too much initially and there's just the three of us around the table so as you tend to do in these situations we got talking and as we got very quickly into the conversation somehow his job came up and his job was and it's an interesting job he kind of had two jobs okay uh, the first of which he was a semi-professional 10-pin bowler so he used to go around to 10-pin bowling competitions and win money win prize money and that was one thing he did to earn himself some money the other thing he did was and i can't remember how this came up in conversation or exactly how he told us this but basically he was a porn star yep he was a porn star stroke slash 10-pin bowler so we didn't go into too much details about his job, but he kind of told us he'd worked with some British women before, and he did actually prefer the British women to the American women, which, you know, we'll take that as a compliment. That's all very nice. That's all very lovely. He did have, I have to say, an amazing gold Rolex, which looked brilliant and looked very expensive. So I'm guessing it must have been paying okay. In fact, I know it was paying okay because he actually, as it happened, had one of his pay slips on him from his last bit of work and not his 10-pin bowling work and he showed us the pay slip showed us how much he got paid for which i think was possibly about two three hours work it was a lot of money for that amount of time me and my mate i think we were probably on the soft drinks he had a massive you can buy like pints of cocktail over in vegas he was tucking in to a pint of cocktail at about one o'clock in the afternoon but you know he was a porn star so i guess he was a bit crazy lovely fellow though nice bloke and he was starting to win a little bit as we left but i lost the money i'd set aside to gamble quite quickly my mate did all right and then uh, he knows when to bail so we left him to it but it was just an odd meeting you don't expect to go to las vegas and end up playing blackjack with a real bona fide porn star although if i am honest the thing that would have been better would have been going to las vegas and playing blackjack maybe with a female porn star i don't know why maybe it's sexist but i would have enjoyed that more i think that's it for this week. Thank you very much for listening. I promise if I do ever come round your house, I won't leave my empty, dirty teacup on the side in your kitchen. I'll keep the cup filled up all day to drink my continuous tea, as I always do. I did generally end up playing blackjack with a real-life porn star in Las Vegas. That is one of the many reasons... If you've never been there, you should go there at least once. It's crazy, it's fun, it's memorable. If you go to Las Vegas, you will come back with stories. That's just the way it happens. And we also heard my 
interview with Hannah Waterman when she popped in to see me at the radio station I was working at in Yeovil to talk about her career and the place she was in. Love meeting her. She was lots of fun. That, as I said, is it for this week. Have a fantastic seven days. Be nice to each other. Take care. Thanks. Bye.